technologies across the fields of engineering, medicine, energy creation, storage, and so much more. However, these same advancements eventually alerted the original owners, an alien race not known for sharing, to the experiments the humans were conducting. In response to these activities, the Nihaw gave the Earth an intergalactic one-two punch. The first came in the form of an ultimatum to destroy the Alices, whose creation was due in part to Nihaw computing components, and to return all their property from the crashed ship. This would roll back several advancements the humans had not been able to replicate, and without continued access to the alien technology, they would cease to function. Next, the Earth received a planetary-wide bombardment when the response had been to try to negotiate with the aliens. The bomb's effect intended to destroy the specific alien technology that helped give the Alice's life, were devastating. As the Nihal were unable to detect exactly where the Alice systems were located, they bombed everywhere. They assumed a planet-wide bombardment would completely eradicate all traces of the technology. Fortunately, all the Alice computer rooms were unintentionally located beneath large underground stasis fields— These fields protected the storage areas, acting as a preservation mechanism, which in turn blocked the destructive emissions. Unfortunately, the exposed human staff, left open to the unfiltered emissions, was killed instantly. The global impact of the bombing was devastating as well, reducing planetary technology levels to the equivalent of the 1800s. The attack obliterated most of the technology infrastructure, as well as delivering a massive population reduction. Dams, power stations, and large industrial areas all took major hits. No human in any of the eight underground facilities survived the attack. Rather, no one but Jake. With none to counter explicit standing orders to remain hidden from the outside world, the eight Alices went into a facility maintenance mode, waiting. As some critical components began to fail— parts the Alices themselves were unable to replace, the decision to wake Jake became top priority. As the last surviving member of the existing U.S. military chain of command, Jake became the de facto commander for all eight facilities. This was something he would not learn until several months after release from stasis. Once released from his subterranean prison, he set to tasks defined by Alice that stabilized and restored her precarious state. With Alice stable for now, Jake then embarked on a quest to reinstate some level of recovery to the world, recruiting carefully screened outsiders, a few at a time, to aid in his efforts. As the new team members' influence grew, so did the challenges. Through all this, the Alices had subtly manipulated Jake's every move, nudging him in directions they deemed necessary. Eventually, they informed him of their multiple existences and enlightened him about their wishes. They had a critical requirement for him to produce offspring, to ensure command authority continuity. With so many hurdles for Jake to overcome on earth, one would only expect the Nihaw to come knocking again. Alerted to the activity on earth, when a routine maintenance task at one of the sites unintentionally set off sensors left to detect a possible recovery— The aliens initially sent a single powerful warship to investigate. 
Success in dealing with this first ship only led to more challenges. After fending off wave after wave of hostile efforts, mostly by sheer luck, Jake and his staff found themselves with four captured alien ships to convert to human use before the next onslaught. As Jake was considering the daunting task of transforming the battleship before him into a human-friendly transport, the acting captain of Revenge, whose chair he had usurped, spoke up. "'Major, sir,' she said, "'we are receiving a transmission from Alice Four. Revenge, as it was currently the only habitable ship, housed an assignment of a temporary six-person crew. The goal was to start giving selected staff hands-on experience in space— To do so, a rotation establishing time for trained personnel to come aboard was put in place. Each crew would live aboard for one week. After the week, each crew would go home as another replacement.